1: Asia Pacific markets are largely starting the week off on a positive note. Sydney jumped more than 1% in early trade, but is a bit off those highs now. The ASX 200 currently up about 0.7%. Seoul is in the green as well, up a bit less than half a percent. Tokyo, though, is hovering near the flat line. So what issues are on investors' radars this morning? You're about to find out. I'm Michelle Martin and he's Ryan Huang. How are you this morning? Happy Monday, Michelle. Yeah, looking good. Investors this morning have two major pieces of local business news to assess. Now, each story broke on Friday, but is a culmination of a much larger, much longer tale. I am talking about the failure of the merger of Sabana and ESR REITs and the granting of Singapore's first full digital bank licenses. So I'm going to take these stories in turn. I want to start with Sabana and ESR REITs. Now, on Friday, what happened? the ESR unit holders overwhelmingly approved the merger, but not long afterwards, Sabana unit holders rejected the deal. So the question for me is where do the companies go from here? During the lead-up to the vote, the Sabana REIT managers indicated the company may have difficulties going at it alone.
0: Yeah, so we've got to recap the details, or at least the highlights of this deal for those who haven't been following the saga. So for over a year or nearly a year or so, you've got Sabana and ESR REIT trying to talk up its um, proposal to merge both entities to become larger because in the REIT space, you know, size matters. In in you want in the, I guess, capacity to raise funds, to get acquisitions, to just get a better deal. So that was under the spotlight for the past year. But that wasn't really um, agreeable to some of the fund managers such as Quoz or Black Crane Fund Management, which was coming out to say, that the deal was not at a great price for unit holders of Sabana because it was undervaluing Sabana. So that was their opposition. So it was put down to the vote in the past week, and unit holders of Sabana did not like it enough to vote for the uh, scheme to go through. So this is what happened after nearly a year. And what happens now from here is Sabana which is led by CEO Donald Hunt, will now go back to the drawing block, so to speak, to see how it can improve the uh, value of Sabana Reap for its unit holders. So this includes pretty much what he has been doing all along, discussing with existing and prospective tenants to see how they can renew leases, get more tenants, improve the portfolio's occupancy. So that is his continuing priority. And if you talk about will this happen again, Quite likely, you won't get this um, vote anytime coming back to the table soon because there is uh, a waiting period for at least one year before they can um, put up such a similar proposal. For the course and Black Crane side, they have been pushing for the internalization of the management for Zabana Reed, so effectively doing away with the current management, which they feel is not doing enough of a good job, and just uh, finding a. Uh, another another manager in charge so internalizing the management of the REIT so that is something to look out for down the road and they say this would be Um, creating a more efficient um, structure for Sabana Reit. So look out for more news from the two fund managers.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the time when I spoke to both, I remember them telling me there were no other offers on the table and this was, what, seven, eight days before the decision on the merger. So trading in both Sabana and ESR Reits was halted on Friday as they held their extraordinary general meetings. I want to check in on their share prices Uh, right now. ESR Reit at 39.5 cents, down 3.67%. Sabana Reit at 34.5 cents, down 2.817. We'll check in again in just a while. Um, But first, the next story. Grab, Singtel and C must still be celebrating this morning. They've won Singapore's first full digital bank licenses. Grab and Singtel submitted a joint bid. Forrest Lee's tech giant C won a license all on its own. So how are these new ventures, Ryan, going to shake up our banking world here in Singapore?
0: Well, if you think about how these companies have already shaken up the Local scene when it comes to transport, when it comes to shopping, you can have an idea of how things will be further disrupted. When you think about it, you pretty much, or a lot of people use Grab every day to take their rides or to even order their lunch or dinner. And they have come out to say they want to make financial services as easy as ordering your food or getting a ride or just making a mobile phone call. So they want to make financial services really accessible to the likes of PMETs, uh, to the likes of gig workers, the flexible income. So really catering to the underserved or underbanked community in Singapore, uh, which they say will be the micro and the SME-sized businesses. So that is what they are targeting. And if you think about Shopee, they are quite already prevalent in the e-commerce space with Shopee Pay, with how they are integrated or is able to cross-sell many of the products online. So that is quite interesting prospects when you think about the war chest or the firepower behind uh, C, which owns Shopee, not just Shopee, but also Garena, which is the game developer, as well as uh, C Money. So they already have some fundamentals behind somewhat of a financial ecosystem. So that is quite uh, interesting. And of course, uh, we have, uh, this, this is just the full digital license which is able to tap the retail space you have the wholesale bank licenses which will be the corporate side
1: oh gosh so will this bring financial innovation to singapore hopefully we're all looking for more color um more services as well from these new players, the Monetary Authority of Singapore also granted two digital wholesale licenses, one to Jack Ma's Ant Group, another to a consortium of Chinese companies. I think most of our listeners are actually very familiar with Ant Group, but maybe not so much with Greenland Financial Holdings, Link Lodges Hong Kong, and BCEIFM, that's Beijing Cooperative Equity Investment and Fund Management. So Ryan, tell us about the latter three companies that are entering this world of Singapore's digital banking.
0: Yeah, so we've got uh, Greenland Financial Holdings. That is the investment arm of Chinese real estate developer uh, Greenland group. So it's state-owned, so you can imagine the type of backing it has. And you also mentioned Link Lodges Hong Kong and the Beijing Cooperative Equity Investment Fund Management. So this was actually dubbed a dark horse by analysts. So it has come out to win. So it is showing that the Chinese uh, backing is one of the advantages that it has. And they have said they will tap China's financial technology to serve SMEs in Singapore. So pretty much using the lessons it has Um, learned from serving the Chinese market, which has been quite um, progressive in terms of the financial payments ecosystem. So that you can expect to see some, I guess, migration of similar products from China to Singapore. And the ANK group win is also interesting because Mm. it comes off the back of the fintech clampdown in China. So that could actually incentivize them to look elsewhere, especially Southeast Asia for growth. So this could actually see them ramp up their hiring, um, their investments into Singapore and the rest of the region. And this is um, one to watch to see how much pressure they can put on the local banks, who are also quite big on the digital space already
1: yeah just picking up on that the consortium and the ant group will not be interacting with retail clients in quite the same way that singtel grab and C mm. will their licenses are for wholesale banking which means that their focus are going to be on large corporate clients possibly government agencies as well ryan more than 20 applicants submitted applications for a digital banking license so tell us about the companies that lost out
0: Yeah, of course, with 21 bidding for just five, only four were awarded. You had plenty of losers. So this included the likes of Razor-led consortium um, with partners such as Seng Holdings. So this was a bit of a, I guess, a dampener for Razor, which has been putting quite a lot of effort into its marketing and, I guess, lobbying efforts. They have now come out to say they will continue to pursue a banking license in Singapore, if not elsewhere in the region, and they will push ahead with what they call the Razor Youth Bank. And this will target millennials in countries such as Malaysia and the Philippines. And the other loser that people were also keeping an eye out for was the IFAST-led consortium with Chinese partners, Elyon Group and Hunter Group. And this is interesting because um, people were actually uh, looking forward to, at least many of its investors were pricing in, a win on Friday. Its price, share price was up 7% on Friday. In fact, it jumped so much, it prompted an Ashtray's query. And it'll be interesting to watch later to see how that will respond to the, I guess, disappointment of not winning the um, license. And the other, I guess, uh, names worth mentioning is uh, Ron Sims V3 Group and EasyLink. That consortium did not win, so you're not going to get a massage chair of your banking um, products anymore. <laughs> Match move. That also was a group with um, Singapore Singapore Finance and the other ones, AMTD-led group that had funding societies and utilities provider, SP Group and Xiaomi Finance, and another group led by Shengye Capital. So a lot of big names could not um, get the license. And I think it's worth mentioning that the MES mm. when awarding the licenses to Grab and Singtel, plus Ant said that these two applicants were pretty much a big gap away from the rest of applicants.
1: Yeah, important to note. What has been market reaction so far, though? I mean, in particular, Singtel won a bid and IFAS did not. So how are their shares doing?
0: Okay, so taking a quick look at Singtel shares, it is up by 8% so far, $2.53, and that will build on Friday's gains of 0.4%. Of course, this is widely expected because Singtel and Grab, to some extent, has been, have been so prevalent in the ecosystem, and they have been investing a lot in hiring for this uh, uh, venture. Uh, then you have, of course, uh, iFast, that was disappointing. For disappointing news for iFast not winning the license is now down by twenty eight percent to two dollars and seventy eight cents. Mm. So that, of course, in reaction to a lot of, um, I guess, pricing in on Friday that. People are expecting IFAS to be one of the winners.
1: In other news, if we're going to take a step away from Singapore for a moment, I want to look at Brexit negotiations between the UK and Europe back on track. A December 31st deadline is looming. So what is the latest and is progress being made?
0: Okay, so you do have, I guess, optimism around what's happening and you do have investors pricing in over the past week and maybe even beyond that, that we are getting some progress because both sides are talking but um, you do have a couple of familiar sticking points, and that is around the problem of fisheries, the quotas that Britain can be allowed to fish. That is still being talked out, although you do have some reports that that could be a compromise, but there is still no clarity on that. And um, that is now being urgently Um, discussed as we head towards Thursday, which is the EU summit. So they are expected to reach somewhat of an agreement uh, by Thursday, but um, some reports are coming in to say that they could reach a deal by Monday evening UK time. So there will be some time tomorrow morning.
1: All right, we'll keep an eye out on that story for sure. Boris Johnson's aides released a vivid photo of the British Prime Minister negotiating with the EU. He's gesturing in the glare of an old-fashioned desk lamp. The New York Times said he looked like, quote, a wartime Prime Minister battling on behalf of his country. So what has been market reaction to these latest negotiations and how has the British pound been doing?
0: So I think people were expecting a bit too much that the deal be reached earlier than, Later. So you saw a bit of a reaction this morning. It was down by as much as 0.6%, the pound under pressure to as low as 1.3360. It has recovered slightly to now 1.342. So, all in, you are looking at, I guess, a bit of pessimism uh, creeping back in that no, this could be stalling uh, as the uh, talks unfold.
1: Before we check in on local markets, any other major items on investors' radars this week, you think?
0: Okay, you've got the hopes for U.S. stimulus as well. So last week, we talked about the bipartisan group pushing for a $900 billion proposal. That is now being worked furiously towards a a potential tabling for a bill to be voted on. So that could be sometime... Later tonight, you could hear uh, developments around. So that is also off the back of Friday's disappointing monthly jobs report. So Mm. that could lend more urgency to that being passed. And then, of course, we could see uh, a a fiscal fiscal stimulus to boost markets. The other one to look out for is the US FDA meeting. On Thursday, they will decide if the Pfizer vaccine will be approved for use in the US. And of course, yeah. this week, the UK will be deploying the Pfizer vaccine. So, some vaccine optimism to be, well, look forward to, maybe.
1: Yeah, hopefully. At 9.20 on the clock, 20 minutes into the local trading day, I want to circle back to Sabana and ESR REITs. How are their shares doing, Ryan?
0: Okay, looking at Sabana, of course, uh, we are expecting a bit of negative reaction in response to the fallout or collapse of the merger talks and that um, merger votes. So that's down so far by 2.8%. And if you look at what's happening for ESR REIT, that is also down um, more than 3% so far. So early trading, that are the signs of how uh, how much pressure they are under. So we could see uh, it, of course, uh, way further uh, as the trading continues.
1: Yeah, ESR read at 39.5 cents. Sabana read last on share price, 34.5 cents. On Friday, the SDI ended on a high note, but it still finished down for the week, off about half a percent to 28.39. So how's the SDI kicking off this second week of December?
0: Okay, so it has been doing well on well Friday, but going into the... Opening numbers or opening minutes, you've got the STI underwater slightly by 0.1%, 2,837 points. And we've been talking about banks, banks. So let's look at how the local big three banks are doing. And they are under pressure, more than 1% down for OCBC, UOB and DBS. Um, the other one to look out for is Capital Land. It has been in the news this morning for a joint venture it started uh, in the US so for to to scale up this multifamily asset allocation um, portfolio in the US. so this is a 300 million dollar joint venture so far still flat um, but otherwise you are looking at the STI just marginally down this morning.
1: He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. I'll have my Stocks to Watch list coming up for you in a while. Stay with me.
0: Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.